23 minutes after 7 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. We kick things off as we often do out in the markets. Markets having closed two hours and 23 minutes ago. Uh, the JSC, uh, of course, uh, opening at the start of this new week. But joining me on the line to take a look at some of these stories, co founder at Satana Capital, Kanya Nzurulega. Kanya, good evening. Welcome. Evening, Aya, and evening to your listeners as well. Compliments of the new year. Best wishes. For 2023. Yes. Faith to you. I hope it's, uh, you know, it becomes one of your best years. I hope so too. I hope so too. Kanya, talking about this being our best years, certainly on the uh, rate of increases of prices of the things we buy all of the time, uh, judging from what the Bureau of Economic Research is saying, certainly won't be a good 18 to 24 months uh, for us as South mm. Africans. Inflation nowhere near the midpoint of the target 3 to 6% range, which would be around 45 uh, they are anticipating inflation uh, will probably be hovering around that 5.6% mark through to 6% or so. Yeah, um, so like you said, the Bureau of Economic Research has actually come out with a bad, bit of bad news um, at the start of the week, um, basically revising the expectations for inflation for 2023 from 5.9% to 6.1% um, and 5.3% to 5.6% for 2024. Um, so it's really not looking that great. Um, and I think that when you consider the fact that, you know, they've also indicated that the survey that they sent out to different experts, labor unions and the such, um, that they used to actually put together these results was actually done before nurses approving um, ESCOM's price increase. So not looking that great. Um, it definitely is not what we wanted to hear. However, it is something that, you know, is quite sobering and we potentially need to look into as South Africans. Mm. And and of course, we all know, as you've already uh, put out, that, um, you know, wherever inflationary expectations are, that always translates into a very particular action on the part of monetary policy authorities. What is this going to mean for all of the people who are listening to us uh, who are credit active, who have credit cards, who have uh, bonds, mortgages, uh, and all manner of other debt, which would be influenced, as everyone would know, by uh, what happens, I guess, to uh, the prime lending rate? Yeah, I, I guess it just falls out a bit more pain. Um, last year, we had a very aggressive um, interest rate hiking program by the South African Reserve Bank. I think that they definitely will be taking the survey into account, also taking into account their own quarterly projection models. However, I do think that we can definitely expect another price um, interest rate increase when they get together on around the 26th of January. Um, survey basically at this point in time has traders sort of like expecting a 25% basis point increase. Um, so it is a, like definitely a bit lower than the 75%, sorry, 75 basis point um, increase that we had in the past couple uh, of uh, reports we've had from Saab, but it definitely is going to still be paying right. Um, so yeah, I think that a lot of households need to look into their budget, see where they can cut um, you know, expenditure, just to be able to set themselves on the right path for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I guess for for us as consumers, for the next, you know, the impact, as you say, is not only just, I guess, in terms of um, the price of credit, but also the price of the stuff that we buy every day. I mean, the mm. um, vegetable oils, the bread, and all of those things. Uh, what is mm. all of this going to mean? I definitely think that it's going to figure into that. Um, we can definitely expect, from my perspective, 
a lot of price increases, particularly when it comes to food. We had a lot of, you know, news from the agricultural sector coming out saying that because of load shedding, they're really struggling to keep up with demand. Mm. They're not able to do their work the right way. So you take that into account. Obviously, there's going to be um, food price pressure. And it's very unfortunate because if you had a look at global news over the past couple of weeks, you would have seen that the U.S., for example, they're seeing quite... um, you know, not significant, but they are seeing declines in inflation. And a lot of experts are actually saying that we can actually expect U.S. inflation to decline over the coming six months. And, you know, basically meaning that they increase rate um, hikes have actually had the impact that they were supposed to have. Um, I do think we were supposed to see something similar from a South African perspective. Mm. However, with load shedding, it's really going to be difficult. Like I said, it's going to feed through into different sectors, your, your agriculture, uh, various other goods. Um, we still have that conflict in Ukraine. Um, so it's, it's very unfortunate, however, but, you know, we, like I said, we do have to just take it into account and see where we can budget, how we can make better decisions, cut out debt if you can. Um, and yeah, just, you know, try to ride out the storm. Yeah, and I guess especially high interest debt, where you can make that uh, one of your resolutions for the year. Uh, because, uh, yeah, I guess buckle up. It's certainly said to be a tough ride. Let's shift our attention to um, BAT, British American Tobacco, and, uh, yeah, saying they set to lose 200 jobs in their South African operations after 40% decline in the sales of cigarettes. Uh, but also, I guess, uh, much like talking up the impact of the 2020 tobacco sales ban, um, yeah. I guess what they don't say is that... Um, not only is there a shift in preferences with fewer people who smoke now, but they are also at an inflection point with some of the more, what do they call it, sort of least harm products that they're putting out and uh, uh, the vapes and all of that and uh, faced with and confronted with some challenges there. Yes, definitely. I, I do think that, you know, as I was reading the article, that actually was one of the things that I, I thought about is that as they're putting the statement out, um, obviously, from their perspective, they have to structure it in such a way that, um, you know, it, it's the, the, the need to restructure and potentially um, have 200 people lose their jobs is validated. Um, and they did point out that because of COVID-19, um, government restricting the sales um, of cigarettes and the like, they've lost so much market share to the illicit cigarette market. Mm. Um, but like you're saying, they're not considering the fact that there are changes in consumer preferences. People are trying to take better care of themselves. And I think that is possibly a wake-up call for management to say that, okay, how else can we diversify ourselves? What else can we look into to better position ourselves for the future? Um, if the issue is illicit markets, um, cigarette sales, mm. how can we actually do better to compete in that space? And I, I must say, I mean, I don't say this to suggest that they haven't been hard hit by you know, the sales in the illicit or untaxed segment of the market. I mean, if I think of um, many of the people who I know, you know, continue to smoke throughout the, um, you know, COVID uh, um, tobacco sales ban, many of them, Mm. uh, if I think of sort of what brands they would have smoked before uh, COVID-19 and what brands they smoke now, uh, it's chalk and cheese. I mean, a lot of them effectively became very loyal customers of some of the brands, that were available, and many of those happen to be these illicit brands, according to British American Tobacco. 
Yeah, I must say, I don't have a lot of people in my circle who, who smoke. Oh, look um, at you. But I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bragging or anything. <laughs> Not making you look bad, but you know, I'm just putting it hey out there. Hey man, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm friends with all the baddies, it seems. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, listen, I, I think that definitely, from from my perspective, it, it makes sense from the perspective of human behavior mm. that let's say that you know you you before 2020 you were smoking a particular brand, it was a bit more pricier, then you were forced to sort of like adopt your preferences to another brand. If it's cheaper. And like we've already spoken, you know, recently, inflation, you know, is, is a major issue. Um, people are having to cut down on a lot of things. Hey, you know, why wouldn't you actually save an extra buck here and there by buying a cheaper brand that you are now used to? So, yes, I, I do think that definitely they have actually lost a lot of market share because of the dynamics of what happened in COVID-19. But I do think that from when you're running a business, you have to think ahead. Mm. You need to think fast. Um, you know, it's 2023. They've had 24 months to sit down and say that, okay, guys, what is our strategy moving forward? How do we win back market share? Um, and I do think it's, it's doable. It's difficult because they're not allowed to advertise. Um, they could potentially have gone out with like a massive marketing, uh, you know, program. But I do think that there are creative ways that they can, you know, look into to to better position themselves within the market once again. Yeah, yeah. And let's shift our attention away, I guess, from uh, yeah the vapes and the combustible products and many other things uh, mm. to uh, the World Bank. Now, the Treasury coming out earlier on today saying one billion US dollar loan uh, to take advantage of some of the lower rates uh, that one can get uh, from the World Bank. South Africa is indeed a member of the World Bank. And uh, government or the National Treasury saying uh, this loan is part of their strategy of taking advantage of cheaper loans in this environment. Uh, But uh, I guess one of the other question marks I would have, uh, Kanya, because, you know, a big part of our sovereign debt is RAND denominated debt. Um, So I guess the thinking now of getting, even if it's on the best terms, I mean, uh, that the World Bank is offering, but uh, to... uh, now start to increase the dollar-denominated portion of our loan book, uh, I think might raise some question marks. Your thoughts on that? Definitely, Aya. And, you know, if you actually have looked at the commentary surrounding that story, a lot of, uh, you know, experts, economists coming out and raising those question marks. Mm. Um, Last time I checked, South Africa's debt was over 4 trillion rands. Um, and, you know, our debt servicing costs were over 350 billion rands on a yearly basis. So we're already quite heavily indebted, um, you know, and at this point in time, you have to ask yourself that, okay, fine, we're going to get in these loans, and it's not just this $1 billion loan. Mm. Um, you know, there's also the, the just energy transition loans that we've been able to, the commitments that yes. we've been able to secure, um, you know, the other commitments that we have been able to secure directly from specific countries like your France and your Germany. So we have all this talk of a substantial amount of loan and debt that we are going to have to take on as a country when we are already sitting with, you know, debt that we obviously are struggling to actually service because we keep on getting more debt to service our already existing debt. 
we have to think about what is the strategy, what are we going to do with this money that we are looking to get. Yes, it's lower interest rates. However, are we actually going to be able to utilize the loan in a way that is actually going to grow the country? Because from my perspective, we need to start thinking along those lines, not in terms of we need to serve the state. We need to start thinking, okay, how is this money going to help us to, you know, increase our capacity for ESCOM, for example? That is a huge thing. Um, and how quickly can that be done? What are the conditions attached to these concessional loans? Um, are they going to put a restraint on, you know, the, the flexibility that the government has in terms of dealing with the various issues that we have in the country? So I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I just think that it's something that we need to trade towards extremely cautiously. We need to be very thoughtful about what we are going to be using all these loan commitments for. Mm. Yeah, and I guess that that's the other issue because you'd recall there was also another loan we had applied for during the pandemic, which mm. uh, at the time I remember being ostensibly for you know, potential balance of payment challenges. But um, if I looked at the trade data at the time, it didn't look like... Um, or any of the other data that we were nearing a balance of payment crisis, far from it. Uh, but it does seem, I guess, that uh, the strategy is to access all of these loans while interest rates on them are low uh, due to, uh, I guess, uh, global conditions and what these you know, uh, multilateral institutions um, are actually offering to uh, many South African actors. Just as we wrap up, Kanya, this story of Transnet. Two people found dead. Uh, near Kibla Park, uh, which is in the southern part of Johannesburg, uh, after an attempt, uh, it seems, suspected attempt to steal from uh, a Transnet pipeline. And uh, one body found in a shack located 30 meters away from the Transnet uh, petroleum pipeline and the other found in a tunnel burrowed between the shack and the pipeline. And uh, I guess this might be where all of um, the petroleum and the diesel that sometimes people say, no, no, I know somebody who knows somebody who can give you a good deal on diesel, um, it seems some of it might be coming from these sources. Yes, um, so very unfortunate story of uh, two people losing their lives. Um, like you said, Transnet coming out saying that they suspect these people were trying to steal fuel from the pipeline. Um, you know, next to load shedding, I think that the state of criminality in this country is what is like a huge issue for us to be able to move forward. Um, I think the state of criminality can perhaps even be above load shedding. You know, the, the brazenness that we have where people can just, you know, go to a state pipeline and still feel it's, it's, it's really crazy. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, we're at a point now where, to your point, everyone is feeling the pinch. Um, SCOM is also feeling the pinch when it comes to the cost of deals. They've spent billions on diesel trying to, to run substations, trying to stave away load shedding. However, you know, we do need to say that, you know, criminality is a no-no. Um, and we do need to say that, okay, as Transnet, what are you doing to ensure that this doesn't happen again? Because they've also reported that there's been 90 fuel pits in the current financial year, which is massive. Obviously, it's going to lead to, um, you know, them bleeding in the bottom line. Um, so, yes, like I said, very unfortunate that people have lost their lives. However, you know, it, it, it's my, one of my biggest wishes that we can actually do something about the criminality, the brazen criminality um, that is becoming very entrenched in the country. Mm. And I guess criminality becomes brazen if the, you know, the fear of consequence is very limited or the potential mm. consequences are very limited. And I think, you know, uh, all of these are indicative of, 
you know, how to some degree our law enforcement authorities are dropping the ball on some of these questions? Massively. Um, I, I think that, you know, at, at this stage of the game, given the fact that a lot of people are being pushed into poverty, people who were in the middle class, you know, they, they, they're losing their homes or are, are, are at risk of losing their homes. Um, they're losing their cars. So these kinds of things are bound to happen in the environment that we currently are in where financially people are struggling. Um, and the fact that we have a weak policing um, service and there doesn't seem to be a plan of how to deal with, you know, the organized crime that is becoming much more smarter and much more brazen as the day mm. goes by in this country. Um, there, there's no plan in that respect. And I think that, you know, given the fact that President Ramaphosa was newly, well, not newly, but he was re-elected as the ANC president, mm. that's one of the things he needs to consider when looking at his cabinet. None of the plans that you put in place are actually going to come to fruition where you have a situation where there's brazen criminality, mm. people's lives being lost, um, you know, hits being put out on people, mm. um, all because of money. Uh, and I know we sort of like, you know, going in a bit of a tangent, but it's the reality that we have in South Africa where even if you do want to do something good, um, you know, the organized criminals are so brazen, you might lose your life. Um, so, yeah, hoping that, you know, energy crisis, that's something that's going to be looked into. And, you know, the, the state of our, you know, police um, will also be looked into. Kanya, always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you very much for your time. And once again, best wishes for 2023. Thank you very much, Aya. Same to you.